Welcome back, SBC listeners. Today's episode is a fun one for me. This is the first flight I took as a certificated pilot with any member of my family. I took my wife on a trip to the high country where it's much cooler, but there are some learnings and lessons on aeronautical decision making. So I hope you enjoy. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango is at Chandler Air Service. We have Sulu and uh, we'd like a south departure, please. So a couple of weeks after I returned from Oshkosh in 2008, and after a couple of solo flights to keep the cobwebs at bay, I finally had a mission to accomplish with my wife, Crystal. We had some friends invite us to stay the weekend with them at a cabin up near Sholo, Arizona. If you're not familiar with the area, Sholo is in the high country of Arizona. We have two major areas where people go to get out of the heat in the summer. The first is probably most well-known around Flagstaff near the San Francisco peaks, which is beautiful, of course. The other is a vast area of high country with pines and beautifully rugged ridges and nice cool air. This area is above what's called the Mogollon Rim which is the southern edge of the Colorado Plateau, and geologically it juts up into the air from the valleys below. It basically cuts across Arizona from west to east all the way to the New Mexico border from the central part of the state, and not only has incredible terrain and views, but makes the northern part of the state much higher in elevation than the desert valleys most people associate with Arizona. In fact, Many of the towns in this area are above 7,000 feet in elevation and, as you can imagine, have much more comfortable temperatures in the summer than the desert cities like Phoenix and Tucson. Southern Arizonans flock to these areas in the summer for weekend or week-long getaways to get out of the brutal heat and enjoy a little nature. If you want to know more about the Mogollon Rim, I'm going to spell it for you since most people will have no idea how to spell it. It's Mike Oscar Golf Oscar Lima Lima Oscar November. I know, crazy. Well, our trip was one of these trips, but with my newly minted certificate, we thought why not fly up and save two-thirds of the three-hour drive, not to mention it's much cooler to fly. We made sure our friends were good to pick us up at the Sholo Municipal Airport, and I scheduled a plane from Chandler Air Service where I had trained, and it was the only place I was checked out to rent planes at the time. It was all set up. Up to this point, I had never flown with my wife, so I had to break it to her that the planes I had access to didn't have air conditioning. So it'd be a little uncomfortable at the beginning, but would get better as we got higher and higher as we climbed out. I was excited to be flying with her for the first time, but didn't have any experience flying with someone who hasn't spent any time in small planes, except for the flight with my kids, which is a little bit different. And I was with my instructor at the time. I was committed to trying to make it a good experience for her, as you can imagine, so I did some knowledge prep for her around the lack of air conditioning, that it can be a little bumpy in the summer, and that you can't always get where you want to get with GA because of various conditions that we have to be careful of, including density, altitude, weather, and so on. This would prove to be a good decision as we embarked on this flight. One thing I told her and most of my passengers since is that I will never knowingly put them in danger and would always stay on the ground if there was any question about the probable successful outcome of the flight. I was excited and nervous about making it a good experience, and I was realizing what people meant about a license to learn, 
Now I was making all of the aeronautical decisions, and I had other people depending on me to make the right ones, not to mention trying to fly a small airplane in the summer and try to make it comfortable. I had a lot on my shoulders, and I started to feel it, and I was loving it. This is what it was all about, and I was determined to become a pilot people would feel comfortable flying with, and it started right now. I have a nice little story about what happened after we landed from this flight at the end, so don't miss that at the end of this podcast. It's a memory we both won't forget and was our first adventure in aviation together. One note, I'm not sure why, but whenever I transmitted on the radio in this airplane, it had horrific sound, overmodulation, and so on. I could hear it in real time as I'll ask my wife about it and see if she's hearing the same thing. I hadn't ever flown this particular warrior before, so hadn't encountered it. So I apologize in advance that the side tone on this is totally overmodulated and uh, sounds a little funky. But I'm going to leave it in because some of it's important. Also, I'll be explaining some things to Crystal that I wouldn't normally be vocalizing just to keep just just to help her understand what I'm doing and make her more at ease. After time, she would learn what to expect as we flew together more, but as I mentioned, this was the first time with her and she had no experiences in small planes. I'll have more later, but let's start with the ATIS and the departure. As usual, this won't be real time as I'll cut out dead air, etc., but want to make you feel like you were with us on this flight. Here you go. Ponder, stand by. Radio's on. Check ATIS. 128. 228. 228. Wind 208. Notums. Multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport up to 310 feet AGL. Teleport plazies out of service. Hazardous weather information available from high watts, flight watts, or flight service frequencies. Use caution for activity in the vicinity of Chandler Airport. Watch us. Advise ground control zero direction flight. Advise on this contact. Have information pop Channel tower information pop Time 2255 Zulu. Wind 2808. Temperature 37, 2.17, altimeter 29 or 79. Fissure approach in use, landing and departing on race 22, left and right. Notums, multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport up to 310 feet ATL. my door. Teleport oh. plazies out of service. Hazardous weather information available from high watts, flight watts, or flight. Cherokee 82044 is at Chandler Air Service. We have Papa and would like a northeast departure. Cherokee 2044, Chandler Ground, thanks for right, 52 right, Delphi, November. 52 right, Delphi, November, Cherokee 044. Does that sound really loud to you? Yeah, that's not right. Can you still hear me? Can you still hear me? Okay. That was hurting my ears. It's not supposed to sound like that. Test, 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 test. This is a plane I've never flown in before. Huh? Really? Yeah. Stepping. I know. Air conditioning would be grand, wouldn't it? Okay. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to head out here right before we get on the runway, and I'm going to do a run-up. I'm going to test all the systems. I'm going to test the engine. Okay. 2,000 RPM. You can, why is that going out like that? The wind must be. Okay. Pull it in. There we go. You don't have to latch it, but. Did I latch it? Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. See how much more air we get when that's open? It's really windy. It's from the prop. Curb heat. Left. Right. into an emergency well, we need to put it down I'm gonna need I'm gonna need to rely on you to open this before we touch down okay and I'll remind you open the door before we touch down so that we can get out quickly it's not gonna happen but just so you know two latches got it okay okay all right we're on altitude this off. we're ready to go Okay. 
and we're off. We're not climbing very fast, but we're off. It's because we're heavy and it's really hot. The cows. What's that? I can see the cows. Yeah. Still a few of them left, I guess. They're all in the shade. They're not <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, we are not climbing well at all. Oh. Sorry about that. I should have warned you. We're making a right turn. We're going to turn around here and we're going to head back kind of toward the airport because we're going the other direction. going to level out really quick, look for traffic, and I'm going to turn again. Ten tower, good. Uh, Meridian 582, right in November, right? Meridian 582, Sierra Code, Channel Tower, Holster, Orlando 228. Cooler, huh? You can feel the air already getting a little cooler, right? Channel Tower, King Air 532, Sierra Whiskey, just off of Skyhawk. Barely over a thousand feet above the ground. Five three two zero whiskey John Tower runway two two right clear to land traffic the party in Meridian. Two two right two zero whiskey. Chandler Tower Cherokee zero four four request frequency change. Cherokee zero four four frequency change. Frequency change approved. Meridian two zero fly heading two two zero runway two two right clear takeoff. Two two zero on the heading two two right clear takeoff two seven. So after I got my frequency change, I called Prescott Radio to open my previously filed VFR flight plan. You'll hear Flight Service let me know of some convective activity near Sholo. If you know anything about Arizona in July and August, you'll also know that's deep into our monsoon season. There's almost always convective activity somewhere in the state. Usually these storms are somewhat localized and intermittent. But some of these cells get huge. The good news is flying in the daytime makes it very easy to see these convective storms since the cumulus clouds reach up to like 30 or 40,000 feet. It's hard to miss. So there's usually an out. It's rare for us to see a huge line of storms, although it does happen from time to time. Sometimes those result in haboobs or giant sandstorms. But that's usually when the storms are moving over the desert from the south or the east. Today was just various convective activity around the state with some cells forming near Sholo. But south of there was looking pretty good, and that's where we were coming from. So I had prepped Crystal that if the weather near or at Sholo deteriorated, we would see it ahead and could turn around and go home or land at an alternate airport. So again, I was prepping her for potential outcomes and not to worry. I had already been briefed on the convective activity, but as I said, the flight service guy let me know again. Remember, this was before we had all of this in-cockpit information that we have today. There was no ADSB. I had never heard of XM weather, and I didn't even have an iPad. And I had never heard of some tiny startup called ForeFlight. We used flight service to tell us about the weather while en route, as you'll hear during this flight. Here you go. Prescott Radio, Cherokee 82044. Over. Well, bravo, uh you want to pick that up over Daggett? 
Citation Zero Alpha Bravo, that flight plan is in the system center, should have the next uh, 15 seconds here. Anything else I can do for you, sir? Aircraft calling Presky Radio 122.2, say call sign reset. Uh, that's November 82044, and I'd like to activate my flight plan, Chandler, to Sholo. Uh, and that would be as of uh, 2310 Zulu. November 82044, flight plan active 2310. And just be advised, uh, they don't have a uh, convective segment out there yet, but there is some uh, convective activity just to the northeast of uh, Sholo moving into the area there. Of course, three of flight not recommended into convective activity. For further weather updates and route, contact Flight Watch on 122.0. Uh, will do. Thanks for the information. Uh, 044. Hey, that's a Superstition Freeway up there in front of us. See it up there? And so I need to call Falcon Tower, 124.6. Falcon Tower, Cherokee 82044 is um, four, five miles south of the airport. We'd like to overfly the field to the northeast. We're at 3,200 feet. Cherokee 82044, Falcon Tower, transition to the Falcon Cross Delta airspace at above 3,000, approved altimeter 2979. Okay, transition approved at 3,000 or better, uh, Cherokee 044. Okay, so right off the nose in front of us is Falcon Field. We just got clearance to enter their airspace, which we're going to be doing in about uh, 20 seconds. And uh, we're going to overfly uh, Falcon Field, and then we're going to head out towards Sholo, which is uh, that direction. Make sense? Yeah. one not a rebel turn left, contact ground point three. The further away we get from the ground, the less uh, bumpy it'll get. But we have to stay low right now because we've got Phoenix airspace above us where the big airplanes fly in, and so we're not cleared into that, so we can't go much higher than we are right now until we get out this way a little bit. Good afternoon, Falcon Tower, EVAC 1. EVAC 1, Falcon Tower, good afternoon. About uh, six miles to southwest, or 1,700 feet, transition inward to Banner Baywood. EVAC 1, class Delta approved, many intervening pilots on this, not visible from the tower. Falcon Field, wind at 290 at 8, altimeter 2079, report, and answer. 2079, and walk off. Okay, we want to go to Lakey. Okay, we're right over the top of Falcon Field now. Yep. 
taking a slight turn. We're just going to head to our next uh, waypoint. All right, you see the Salt River over here? It might be kind of hard for you to see the big area right here, but if you look out there, you can see oh, the salt. Yeah. And we're going to be flying right over the lake system. Get a nice uh, tour of the uh, lakes. Happy back. Sure. Evac, report the party. Yeah, I can go up to 7,000. Why are we moving around so much? Oh, it's bumpy. It's from the thermals coming off the ground. It's not me doing it, sorry. This is afternoon flying in the desert, baby. This would be a lot smoother in the morning, too. I'm going to start climbing here. The air is going to start to get a little cooler. Saguaro right off the nose. See it? Saguaro Lake? Yeah. Nope. And uh, off to the left, you can see four peaks. The big mountains with the four peaks. <laughs> you doing okay? Uh huh. Yeah. Nice if this air would shoot up higher instead of at our feet. Oh, well, you can direction that okay. if you want to. Yeah, it, it spins, so you can turn it the direction you want it to go. Still, it just hits your feet. I, I feel it coming up onto my face. A little bit. See, the airplane can easily be trimmed so that it's completely hands-off flying. We're going to have a very shallow climb here. A little bit more of a climb. All Saguaro Lake? Uh, no, that's Saguaro. This is Canyon. And uh, over here, we'll be going over to Roosevelt. Holders. Yeah, there you go. Feel the air getting cooler? Uh-huh. So we're just climbing here. We're, we're coming up on about uh, 6,000 feet. We want to go to 9,500 if we can get there. Yeah. It's just a little turbulence. When you're around... Uh, when you're around mountains, uh, turbulence can come from uh, wind blowing over the mountains, over the peaks, and kind of, uh, you know, causing some some weird, you know, circular wind and stuff like that. So if you look off just to the right side of the nose, you'll see Lake Roosevelt. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's Canyon. I believe that's Canyon Lake. Roosevelt's going to be just over. Now the temperature is getting pretty nice, and we're flying. We're going to be flying at almost the exact same altitude as Four Peaks. 
Never seen it from this perspective, have you? This little bumpiness that we're feeling here is because we're over these mountains right here. It should smooth out as we get out over the lake a little more. This isn't much turbulence, but you just feel it a lot more in a smaller airplane as well. So as we were cruise climbing and I had some time, I decided to get an update from FlightWatch. While I was waiting for the updated weather, you can hear me point out three distinct thunderstorms that we could see from where we were. With thunderstorms in the vicinity of Sholo, we thought about turning around at that point, but with clear weather all around us, we decided to keep going to see if it would clear up for our arrival in about 30 minutes. I had a lot of outs, as turning around would be easy. There was no convective activity building up behind us, so we always had a way to head to lower terrain and out of the weather. So on we went as the terrain climbed up toward us as we headed northeast. You'll hear me talk about flipping my charts as well. Yes, way back then we flew using paper charts. I know, like cavemen. I explained a few of the controls for Crystal to start getting her acclimated, and you'll also hear us encounter some white puffy clouds along the way that I had to descend a little for. They were isolated, and it was just a very broken layer at about 9,500 feet for a bit. Crystal mentions that with the clouds there, it reminded her of flying in Maui. We had taken a ride in a powered hang glider in Hana, which was awesome, and it also had a broken layer when we did that. I actually did a video episode about that, and you can check out that video podcast feed and, and information about that flight in video episode four, Flight Over Hana. So I'll take you along until something happens that lowers my confidence a bit on making it to Sholo. Here you go. Prescott Flight Watch, Turkey 82044, over. Summer 82044, Flight Watch, say your position with altitude. We are uh, 7,500 feet uh, over uh, Roosevelt Lake, um, and we're just wondering, we do have a flight plan file, we're just wondering if you could give us some consecutive updates uh, on our destination en route. I'm 044, say your destination. Yeah, sorry about that. We're going to Sholo. See those thunderstorms up ahead? Three of them. There, there, there. <laughs> Looking at weather, there are thunderstorms in the vicinity of Sholo. They are almost stationary, but if there's any movement at all, probably, we'll probably move toward the south southeast. Metar at Sholo this hour, automated with 250 at 16, says lightning distant northwest through east. The machine says clear below 12,000, so no clouds below 12,000. Same thing up at St. John. Uh, unfortunately, I have no other observations nearby. Okay, we uh, got that. We appreciate the help, and uh, we'll check in with you later, 044. I'm 
switch tanks. Both tanks? We've been uh, running off the left tank, and we're running off the right tank. Even it out? Roosevelt? Yeah. Big. Yeah, it's a big lake. It goes way over here, too. It goes way out there. Well, if nothing else, we get to see breathtaking beauty. What's that? Pretty. Yeah. Think we're going to have to turn back? I don't know. Getting cold? And legs are. Well, you can dial that down. See this lever? Yeah. You can. Now I want it to come up to my face. Okay. Oh, yeah, no wonder it's not working. It's broken. You don't have your director piece. See that? That's all broken. That's why it's not working. Sorry, baby. Somebody must have stepped on it or something. That's why it's pouring out on your feet. How high are we? We are coming up on 9,000 feet. I'd like to get another 500 feet, and then I'll level off and we'll get some more speed. <laughs> it's so hot, and uh, the plane is, you know, fairly loaded. How fast are we going? Right now we're going about 110 knots. Which is how many over miles? the ground? Over the ground, uh, which is about 130 miles an hour. But we'll speed up. We're gradually increasing our speed now that we've leveled off. Look at these. Look at how rugged this is over here with all the trees and the, the rock. Yeah. Let me show you. Amazing, huh? Most people just don't get to see things from this perspective, you know? Yep. Now we're picking up some speed. How far away are we? We are uh, 54 nautical miles. Sholo? Mm -hmm. And uh, the speed will probably start going. Uh, that'll get us there in less than a half an hour. Half an hour? Less than a half an hour. About 25 minutes. If we don't have to turn around. If we don't have to turn around. There is another airport over there, but it's north. So I think it would be worse. It'd be nice if there were a few airports so that we could uh, Check choose one. Check already? Well, yeah. Actually, I do need to switch my chart. There we go. That's Sholo Airport. We're about over here somewhere. This is the throttle. This is the mixture, which I probably need to lean out a little bit, get some more. 
So this is the mixture. This controls how much fuel uh, is mixing with the air. So because we're high, see that I pulled this fuel mixture back because there's not as much air at this altitude. No. That keeps the engine running as, as well as it can. Um, and then this is the throttle. This is what uh, you know makes the engine go faster or slower. This is the tachometer. It tells you how fast the engine and the prop are spinning. It's spinning at 2,600 and let me dial it back a little on. 20 or so, because the uh, because this is a direct drive engine, there's no gear or anything between the engine and the prop. The prop spins at exactly the same speed as the. All right, we're going to need to duck under these clouds. They're coming right at us. basically at our altitude. What's that? What's leaving those shadows on the mountains the over clouds. there? The clouds. Yeah, these clouds. Now when we go under or close to these clouds, sometimes we'll get a little bumpy, as you can see. It's perfectly normal. It reminds me of flying in Maui. <laughs> yeah. Green over there. What's that? Nice and green out your side. Yeah, it is. I guess it's fairly green out my side too. Okay, well, we'd be flying into Sholo in 20 minutes if, of course, Sholo is dead ahead where all those big giant puffies are. Looks too bad. Well, we fly under those? We well, if it's a thunderstorm, we don't want to. Uh, just because it's a thunderstorm. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that bothering you? The bumpiness? A little bit. I'm, I'm so used to it that I hardly even notice it. I've been flying all summer. Let's <laughs> dial this back. Give the engine a break here. Ooh, lightning strikes dead ahead. Dead gummit. Yep, I saw some lightning hitting the ground ahead just beyond where Sholo was. It was not looking good, but I wanted to double check. Before listening to the automated weather at the field, I wanted to check in again with FlightWatch to let me know what they were seeing in the area. So here's that exchange. We're about 15 minutes from Sholo. Are we going to turn around, though? I don't know. Number 82044, call again. Yeah, this is 82044. We're now 35 miles southwest of Sholo. We'd like to get a, an update on the consecutive activity around Sholo. I'm sorry, we're at 8,000 feet. Number 044 looking at radar. Uh, looks like the, the radar returns are just north of Sholo, moving toward the southeast. They do look, look, look like they are light to moderate radar returns. Check and see if I have any updated weather. 
Um, at Cholo, automated wind 2509er, testing 18, facility 120, thunderstorm in vicinity, no clouds below 12,000, temperature 29er, check density altitude, remarks lightning, distance east and northwest. Okay, thank you. Can you report the, um, uh, the NITAR winds at Sholo? Uh, 250 at Niner, just 18. Two altimeters, 3014. Okay, thank you very much. Well, what do you think? I don't know, it sounds like the thunderstorms are still north of Sholo, so we may be able to sneak in. When I was looking at them, they were wrapping around over here. See, and we're coming. We're coming right here. So we may be able to just sneak in. Be ashamed to get this close and <laughs> turn around. We could see if Payson's open. We could go to Payson, just stay the night, and then fly up in the morning. Because there's just really, I mean, look at it, there's just really, there's no airports around, you know? The air sure feels good, though. <laughs> it's like we're kite up here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look at that. What? It's the third strip we could land on. See it? Yeah, I see it. Why is it there? Uh, well, let's see. That might be White River. Oh, no, that's Sibiquiu, I think. Yeah, that's Sibiquiu. Like a landing strip? Uh, no, it's an airport. It's a public airport. You know Sibiquiu? Mm -hmm. Do you hike there? Yeah. It's a public airport. We could go land at Sibiquiu and stay in the plane. There's nothing there. It's not like we could go into an FBO or anything. It's a little dirt strip, but if we get pounded with uh, rain, we might not be able to get out of it. <laughs> it should be all muddy. That would stink. See the lightning strike? You can see where all the rain's coming down. Yeah. Is that like just... That's beyond. Beyond where we're going? Yeah. Dark over there, too. Yeah, it's raining over there. You can see the rain. See it? Yeah. Well, we'll beat a we'll beat a show in 12 minutes. I'm gonna dial in the uh, AWOS 19.075. What is that? What's that? Never mind. lightning. Same spot. I can't see anything. Sorry. We should have gotten, gotten you a pillow. They're usually laying around in here. <laughs> How old is this plane? This is actually a fairly new one. This is a 1982. Okay. Seven, five. 
International Airport, automated weather observation, zero, 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 five, Zulu weather, wind two, six, zero at five knots, visibility, niner, thunderstorm at airport, sky condition, ceiling, 5,500 feet, broken, 6,500 feet, broken, temperature, two, six, Celsius, 2.4 Celsius, altimeter, three, zero, one, four, inches of mercury, remarks, lightning, distant, all quadrants, density altitude, 8,800 feet. Effective until further notice, taxiway B, centerline markings obscured. There's a thunderstorm at the airport. So there you heard it. With the lightning strikes close to Sholo and the AWAS saying there was a thunderstorm at the airport, we called it. I made the decision to turn around and head toward Payson, which is a nice little town just below the Mogollon Rim that still has much nicer weather in the summer than Phoenix. We could see that it was all clear in that direction, so we headed back. Payson is a little over 60 miles due east of Sholo, almost due north of Mesa, Arizona and Falcon Field. I hadn't ever been there before, but I have many times since, as it's a popular, close destination from the Phoenix Valley. I've even taken my boys' airplane camping there a couple of times. It's a great little airport with an awesome cafe, campsites, and the Pilots Association there takes care of fly-in visitors with firewood for camping, a lot of easy tie-downs near the campsites, and, well, well-kept campsites. It's an easy way to get to the pine trees and cooler weather, just a very short flight from the valley. But I didn't know any of that then. I just knew I could fly back for 30 minutes and land there, grab a hotel, and fly up to see our friends in the morning when there wouldn't be any thunderstorms. That said, you might think I was feeling bad that we didn't make it. Well, you would be wrong. I vocalized something to Crystal shortly after we turned around towards Payson that I remember well. I was actually loving this experience. As such a young pilot... I'm glad I wasn't in any real danger or had put myself in a situation that I didn't know how to handle, but this little bit of aviation adversity was enough to push my experience just a little bit. Rather than being disappointed, I was digging it. I had to make decisions to change our plans, and I knew I was gaining experience and knew that the flight would end well, just not where we planned it to be. This, to me, was part of the magic and the charm of flying GA. And I wanted to become a pilot that makes good decisions, so I was stoked that I already had the chance to make some. Listen to what I said to Crystal. Wait, Payson. We're headed toward it. Looks too bad over there. Yeah. I take this actually. We got actual weather. We're dealing with stuff in the air. This is what I was born to do. All right, what do we got here? We're about 25 minutes or so from Payson. Um, I'm gonna call Flight Watch. We have enough gas? Oh yeah, we got tons of gas. We have five hours of gas, five and a half hours of gas. Oh, but I do need to switch. Fuel pump. Prescott, flight watch. Uh, Cherokee 82044 with request. 
Well, I reached back out to Flight Watch. I just wanted to validate that nothing had come up near Payson. I got a report that there was no activity around Payson, so my window was open to make it there. As I was explaining to Crystal, I remembered my flight plan, and I needed to close it since they would be expecting me in Sholo soon. I tried to raise Prescott Radio, but couldn't, so I tried several different frequencies I was finding on the chart. I finally got them on a frequency I had never used before, so being over this side of the state, in the mountain mountainous terrain, definitely had some differences from where I had flown before. I immediately tuned in the AWOS at Payson, and it was looking good, so I started preparing for landing. I briefed my approach and my landing quickly, and then we headed down. Once on the ground, I tried the Unicom to see if anybody was still at the FBO after 5, but didn't get anyone. We'll take it up to that point. From 83044, Flight Watch, say your altitude and with Doris Bus. Yeah, that's, uh, there's a correction there, it's 82044, and we are at 7,800 feet. Uh, we were headed to Sholo, and... Uh, we've diverted. It looks like the weather has moved in right over the airport. We'd like to uh, uh, head over to Payson and we'd like to get some weather between here and there. You say Payson? I can barely understand you, sir. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I did say Payson. It's uh, Papa Alpha November. November 044, looking at the weather radar. Thunderstorm is moving over Sedona at this time. It's moving toward Payson. I do not know the speed on that severe thunderstorm. Over Sholo. That thunderstorm really doesn't exist or extend very far west of Sholo. At this time, we don't see much at Payson. Unfortunately, the radar itself is sitting at Payson. So there's always like a yeah. cone of silence right over top of Payson. So there may be something there that I can't see. Let me look at the Phoenix radar and see if they've got a better look at Payson. Stand by. Thank you. What? It, I can't hear you. Remember 044. It doesn't look like there's very much at Payson at this time. I don't have access to their METAR. Uh, they've just updated the convective sigmat and it now extends and includes Sholo and even Payson extends all the way back to Flagstaff and areas north towards the Grand Canyon. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I'll check in back with you in a few minutes, 044. Roger. Translate. Um, see the big thunderstorm over there? So there's tons and tons of thunderstorm activity, and uh, oh, I need to cancel my flight plan. Hold on. Prescott Radio, Cherokee 82044, over. Prescott Radio, this is Cherokee 82044. We're listening on 122.4. Over. Prescott Radio, Cherokee 82044. Listening on 122.6, 30 miles southwest of Sholo. Uh, over.
Prescott Radio, Cherokee 82044 is listening on 122.3, 30 miles southwest of Sholo with request. Over. We'd like to cancel our flight plan. Uh, we've had to divert, and we're going to try and get into uh, Payson. If you can read me, I'm barely getting you. Uh, 044. Negative. Uh, we're headed that way to see if the uh, weather's going to allow us. Uh, we are about 22 minutes out, 35 uh, nautical miles. As the old bird will go. We're only about 15 minutes from Payson, though. And it's, uh, it's right over there. Can't see it yet. But uh, hopefully we'll get in there. Looks like it's starting to rain over that direction. <laughs> All right, our field elevation is 5,157, so we're going to start a descent. Uh, we're going too fast. Make it? No. Doesn't sound, it's not windy. It's, uh, sounds like there's clouds, but at 5,000 feet, and I think, I think we'll be all right. But we won't be if we were any later. Just see all that? That's moving that way. Heard an adventure. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is that in the wintertime, flying in Arizona is just awesome. 
Good weather, good visibility. Not very much weather at all. And even flying in the summer is okay. It's just afternoons are very sketchy. Left this morning. What's that? Yeah, we should have left this morning. It's a nice place to land if we have to. <laughs> There's a big, long, flat road right there. I miss it. Let's hold on to that real quick. Well, actually, let me look at pace. We'll be landing on runway two four. Oh, the wind is coming that way. I want to land on six. for traffic pattern altitude for Payson. Sixty-two hundred. See the town of Payson there? Oh. Right up there. Oh, is that it? Yep. We can make it? Two point eight. One two two point eight. Okay. Pace in traffic. There's a Cherokee. We are uh, eight miles east, and we are inbound for full stop. Plan on landing runway six. Pace. Obviously, I've never landed here, so I'm going to stay above the traffic pattern altitude, and I'm going to overfly pace it, get an idea of uh, what it looks like, and then I'll drop in. I'll need your help looking for any other airplanes. So obviously, coming into an airport like this, there's always uh, the possibility of airplanes. I'm announcing my position on the radio, but it's not uh, it's not necessary for every airplane to even have a radio or be listening. So. You just never know, so you have to use your eyeball. Well, I can't see out the front, but I can see out the sides. Kind of hard to see, yeah. Runway. What's that? Where's the runway? Looks like it's right over there. Right off our nose, we're headed right to it. White Cherokee is uh, four miles east of the airport, and we are going to overfly at 7,900 feet, uh, and then we're going to come around for a full stop on runway six. Basin. See the runway there, baby. Traffic one is a. Right off the nose. The first thing you see is you go above the nose. It's mostly grass. Yeah, I see it. 
Oh, what's that? Right pattern for 2-4, okay. Cherokee, we are over the top of the field at 6,900 uh, 6, feet. We're going to leave the pattern. We're going to come back in and on a uh, left downwind for runway 6, basically. Headache. Well, I'll have you down in some cooler weather in just a minute. Then what? Well, then we'll see if the FBO is open, if they have a courtesy car or something, or if there's a motel or something that'll come pick us up, or we'll decide to fly back. Uh, Cherokee entering uh, left downwind for runway six, full stop, pace. Pace and traffic. Cherokee 044 is turning left base, full stop, runway six, pace. Well, that was the end of the flight, but not our adventure. You might have heard my wife mention quickly as we were approaching Payson that it was an adventure. Well, those were prophetic words, so listen on. With the FBO closed, we didn't know how we were going to get in, into town from the airport that was up on a little hill. But after getting out, we ran across another pilot who asked if we had just arrived, and we explained that we had diverted there and hadn't been planning on coming to Payson that day. He asked if we wanted a ride into town, and we gladly accepted. I was already learning what a great community of people pilots are. We told him to just take us to the closest hotel, and after about, uh, I don't know, a couple of minutes or so, we were there. He asked if we wanted him to wait for us to make sure we could get a room, but one look at a basically empty parking lot at the hotel led me to cut him loose and thank him for the ride. We grabbed our bags and carelessly walked to the lobby to get our room. 
When the front desk staff realized that we didn't have a reservation, their faces changed and they said, sorry, the whole town is booked up. Everyone's here for the rodeo. What? I couldn't believe it. Well, I didn't know that the pace in radio was a really big deal, but evidently it is. It's the world's oldest continuously running rodeo, and they claim to be the birthplace of rodeo. The hotel parking lot was empty because everyone, and I mean everyone, was at the rodeo. This big event is held every August, and we happened to stumble onto it. We couldn't believe it. They were so nice and offered to call a few other places that might have a room. We started calling two from our own cell phones, but everyone was striking out. About 15 minutes into our desperate attempt to find lodging last minute in a sold-out town, I heard a little shriek from the front desk. Someone had just called to cancel their reservation, and as she was hanging up the phone, she asked if we wanted it, and we immediately said yes. Thank goodness. We got settled and walked across the street to a nice little Italian restaurant, and we ended up having a great time, leisurely talking and eating and then walking around pacing for a bit. Our inability to make it to Sholo gave us this new opportunity to have an unexpected adventure, and it was awesome. Obviously, we had called our friends and let them know that we'd be a no-show for the first night and to expect us into Sholo in the morning, so we were all set. It's a great memory for us and our first of many flying adventures. Thanks to those of you who have reached out to me lately. I love it, so keep it coming. If you want to contact me, my email address is bill at studentpilotcast.com, or you can reach out to me on the website contact form at studentpilotcast.com. On Twitter, I'm at BillWill. That's Bravo India Lima Lima Whiskey India Lima. So there we were, having a great yet unexpected time. I got to make some decisions as pilot in command, handled the little adversity that I ran into, and I was a better pilot from just that one flight. Little did I know that each flight would teach me something. I was feeling pretty good. I was a little afraid that not making it to our destination would make my wife a little less fond of general aviation. But she had a great time, too, so it was all good, and we've made plenty of our destinations on time since. But it was a good lesson for both of us, that while we never know for sure that we're going to make it, it will likely always be an adventure, and that's the spice of life. I was green, but I was learning, and it was super fun. I mean, there I was, full of Italian food, a big smile on my face with my best friend at my side. That's what it's all about. And I was a real pilot. Music for today's episode is To Be an Angel by the Canadian band Uncle Seth. You can get more information and subscribe to the podcast feeds on the web at studentpilotcast.com. Remember, any instruction that you hear in this podcast was meant for me 
and for me alone in the situation I was in at the time. Please do not try to blindly apply anything you see or hear in this podcast to your own flying without thinking it through on your own completely. If you have questions about any aspect of your flying, please consult a qualified CFI.